As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, welcome to another fantasy episode of the Sleeping with the Numbers podcast. Dylan and Pat here. And Pat, you have the question of the day for us. Yeah, I think that's something that's been the hot topic in the sports world outside of the two pretty good defensemen who got, well, tried to get released today. Stephon Gilmore ended up going to the Panthers um, in a trade. But the question I have for you is, of all the quarterback drama that we've seen so far in the year, um, which one is the most intriguing to you and why? Yeah, so of course there's a few standouts here. The one that I think is probably the most intriguing is what's going on in San Francisco. One, because San Francisco traded up for Trey Lance to begin with to the number two spot. So they obviously wanted him. So when they took him, everyone kind of thought, okay, well, Jimmy's going to get traded. They're going to cut Jimmy. He won't be the starter. Trey's going to be starter day one. That did not happen. Jimmy Garoppolo has been the starter since week one, and he's looked pretty good. I don't know if they've been trying to um, try to show him off to try to get a trade, but I think everyone knew a cut was not going to happen just because of how expensive um, he would be. And if you know, you're you're going to be paying that guy the money, he might as well be on your roster. So now the situation comes where Jimmy gets injured. Trey Lance come in, comes in, doesn't look, you know, great. As far as a actual football perspective, but looked fantastic for fantasy. Um, two different worlds there. So focusing on uh, fantasy world, you want Trey Lance in because he can run the ball. He is that dual threat type of quarterback. Now for the real world, it might impact your San Francisco wide receivers a bit more. So Debo Ayuk is worth worthless to begin with. Kittle even really isn't doing much, but for for Sunday for the game. They don't know who the starter is. They have not rolled out Jimmy Garoppolo. So it really interests me to see what's going on there. If from now on, it's going to be Trey Lance or if when Jimmy's healthy, he's he comes back and he's a starter. So that that interests me and one that I think has a a good impact on uh, fantasy teams. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how Trey plays out. Um, He had a pretty good half. Um, in terms of fantasy. So I think San Francisco might not necessarily be more exciting, but it might just be more interesting to watch because we kind of know what we're going to get with Jimmy. He's a pretty good quarterback, but he's not super flashy. I think that's what you're going to get with Trey. So that'll be cool to watch. Mine's not necessarily a dilemma in terms of like reality. It's more of a dilemma in terms of specific fan base. And I'm talking to the Pittsburgh Steelers and why people are calling for Ben to retire midseason. And I know it's a lot of people just being frustrated, but I, I am also guilty of thinking to myself, you know what, let's see what happens when we throw Dwayne Haskins in there because it's just not working. Um, and, I, and I think it's sad to see because we we knew Ben was really pushing to come back and have a successful year. And I think deep down, everybody knew like time was up two years ago. Um, I don't think that in terms of Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, either of them are better options. So I think realistically, you just got to let Ben ride it out until it's over. Um, but I'm looking at 2022 NFL mock draft for CBS NFL, and they're already predicting the Steelers to take a quarterback in a top 10 wow. pick. Carson Strong, which to me, I, it's such a hit or miss with a rookie quarterback. I personally don't like that at all, unless it's a guaranteed guy like an Andrew Luck. I would not do that because to me, you're basically risking the franchise like again, um, and they're going to turn into the Jets or somebody like that. And we don't want that. But. If I look at the free agent pool, I mean, 
outside of Teddy Bridgewater, I don't really see anybody who I would really trust, unless you want to see Mitch Trubisky have a redemption. Um, unless, you know, the West Virginia fans want to see Geno Smith try one more time. Brian Hoyer can always come back. He's only 36 years old. Um, there, there's no other options, unfortunately. So, like, you either have to hope that Mason or Dwayne can pull this off, or you basically just have to let Ben ride it out and just wait for the right opportunity and not rush something like that. What about Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he comes to Pittsburgh? Do you think that's why him and Mike were having that little interaction? Or, whatever uh, the Steelers called that timeout because Mike knows that they're going to sign a deal? Because that would be pretty wild. Um, they're, they're pretty buddy-buddy. So I, I don't know. Uh, that is interesting. I know uh, there's been rumors about it. All we know for a fact is Rodgers is not staying in Green Bay. He yeah. has to go somewhere. Who's going to have a vacancy next year? Us, for sure. Um, Maybe you Washington. Know let's do that. Let, let's run through um, uh, quarterbacks and let, let's let see who we think is going to still be there next year for potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, let's start Buffalo. Nope. Josh Allen staying. Kyler staying in Arizona. Kansas City. Nope. Baltimore. Nope. So we we can keep going down here. Uh, Philadelphia. I don't think that would be a team he would want to go play for. You know, they're not they're not great. They're not competitive. I think all we need right now is a replacement for Ben. And we are a competitive team. Yeah, I think that with that top 10 pick, what they really should be doing is looking at offensive line help, because I think that's been the major factor in terms of why the offense hasn't changed. Um People want to make comments that Matt Canada is running the same offense. I don't necessarily think it's the same offense. I think it's just the same problem where Ben has to throw the ball before he gets slaughtered. And um, we saw that with the Raiders. I mean, Max Crosby was just all over him. And I feel bad. Like, I really do feel bad for Ben. I know it's not his fault because as a team, you should be able to pr- protect him better than what they're currently doing. And they have a guy with Najee who's really good. But I mean, he's clearly not like a fullback. He's not going to help block. Um, you can't expect that from a rookie running back. So. I think Washington has an opening. Um, Atlanta probably has an opening. Matt Ryan's getting older. Detroit might move on from Jared Goff eventually. Um, Everyone's talking about Miami getting rid of Tua. So, like, I think eventually, um, I think that it will, you know, just be a few other teams where Ben could go to. But I think in reality, he's probably going to quit before he goes anywhere else. Yeah, I I somewhat touched upon Ben during the model predictions because uh, I don't know if you saw that, Pat, but our model is currently predicting 10 points for the Steelers this Sunday against the Broncos. I think that's a little high. (laughs) Um, But I I brought up Ben during that because he's going to get injured and miss games. They're they're not going to bench Ben. I I think there's way too much kind of pride in that organization to to bench him. But he's going to get injured to the point where he's going to have to sit or maybe injured just enough that it can be an excuse to throw in uh well i i'll ask you this currently on the depth chart dwayne rudolph, haskins rudolph is the number two right now so no. he's the number two on paper because everybody's afraid that if they don't make him the number two it's going to be seen as a bust draft pick which we kind of know it is oh yeah it was from day one it didn't make any sense to do that ben needed more weapons we more help He's and, not he's not horrible. That's the thing. Like this is the thing that people don't realize. Like I don't like Mason Rudolph because I'm tired of hearing about how he's the heir apparent because we know it's not true. If they said like it was Landry Jones esque where 
Mason's going to come in. He's going to be the backup. He's going to learn the system. He's going to be competent enough to go to the game and not completely botch it. Okay, then I understand. But when you're talking about, well, we really like what we see, Mason's like, no, you don't. Don't lie to us. We all know that Dwayne's the shiny new toy. and He's going to come in and throw an 80-yard bomb and then probably three picks. Yeah, so, man, I, I guess fantasy-wise, you know, turning it back to that, who do you have confidence starting outside of Najee? I think we've seen that. Pat Fryermuth gets a fair amount of targets. Um, and the only reason that I'm saying this, I know he hasn't necessarily done anything right now, but I don't have any confidence in the wide receiver core based on what I've seen. I mean, we can see that Deontay can get a lot of targets. Um, we can see that Juju at times can get a lot of targets, but it seems like for some reason, Ben just has that chemistry with the tight end. And it seems like people, yeah. for whatever reason, are obviously prioritizing Deontay out of everything and Chase Claypool. Like Chase Claypool has not been relevant in fantasy. So... I think if it's to me, I'm either picking Juju or Pat Fryermuth. I'm going to take the guy who's probably not going to be covered by the same quality of coverage as anybody else on that team. It's going to be Fryermuth. Yeah, and I, 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 like, I like that. Ben obviously goes through the tight end quite a bit ever since Heath. And the issue is, if you had to pick a wide receiver, it, it almost has to be Deontay because the plays that Canada draws up, Juju gets like a yard and a half every single time and we do nothing and we end up going three and out because that's our third down play. I, it, it, it's bad. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And for years, it's kind of always been that Ben clashes with his offensive coordinator. And we've seen on drives where we do the hurry up offense and Ben is calling his own plays. We move the ball. I, I don't know why we don't just let that happen way more often. Yeah, it just kind of makes me really upset that people were mad that Ben and Bruce Arians were golfing buddies, and now Bruce is winning championships in Tampa, and Ben's just trying to be the offensive coordinator himself. But at some point, they just need to fire all the offensive staff and just let Ben be there. Yeah, and, and sadly, I think it is too late for that. This is, uh, I don't know if we want to call it the last dance. It really isn't, you know, some, he'll he'll make the Hall of Fame, but it's not like he's the best quarterback of all time, like, like Michael Jordan was for his last dance. But so we're, we're going to get into the fantasy football subreddit questions again. Um, I'm going to add one extra category here, and it is uh, league issues, which I think is kind of interesting. So um, this guy is in a keeper league, and he just saw a situation where the 0-4 team traded away Dalvin Cook for Chase Edmonds to a 3-1 team and he'd never shopped around Cook at all. He never asked for Chubb or any better option that the team he traded Cook to had. Should he call out collusion? So does this sound like collusion to you? Partially, because I don't think anyone in their right minds would do that. The only thing that you would be assuming is that because Dalvin Cook has a history of getting hurt, that that person wants someone who's going to play all the time. But we've seen that James Conner's the fantasy 1A in Arizona in terms of running backs because of his touchdown production so i i would say probably collusion yeah and you know if i'm commissioner here i i i don't like vetoing trades i almost never do there has to be a really good reason for that we we let pretty much anything through um because i think people should be able to make their own decisions and our, our league mates at least in our keeper league are are damn solid and we we really don't have issues now here the only way I can see this not being collusion is if there were draft picks involved um, for trading. He did state it was a keeper's league, but he didn't say anything about there 
uh, also trading draft picks. So just taking it verbatim and what he's saying, it doesn't sound good at all. And something should be called out about it. All right. So we're going to move on into the trade uh, questions just to uh, switch it up a little bit. So we got a full point PPR league, full point PPR giving away Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, and he's getting Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs and Terry McLaurin. Now, his other running backs are uh, Najee, Saquon, Zach Moss, Damian Harris, Javante Williams. Uh, he didn't say who his other wide receivers are, but uh, Kamara Allen Cooper for Kelsey Diggs McLaurin. Would you do that? Yeah, I think that what you just said was what I would want to know, um, because I think Diggs and Allen Diggs for Allen and McLaurin for Cooper is a really good trade. Um, I think that you're upgrading both wide receiver positions because Keenan Allen hasn't been super great this year because Los Angeles has been good and they really haven't had to throw the ball to him a whole lot. Um, Amari Cooper has been good, but we, I don't trust him in terms of fantasy consistency. Um, I think you're getting two high volume guys where Stefan Diggs hasn't really been doing as hot, but I think the bills are heating up and Terry McLaurin's a volume machine. So those parts I like. Kamara and Kelsey are where I get confused because I would like to see who his tight end is. If your tight end is like Darren Waller or someone else, like I would not do that because there's no point. Like Travis Kelsey's a good tight end, but like we've also seen for Kansas City that their offense has not been in sync just yet. So Alvin Kamara has been the volume guy in New Orleans. We saw that the past two weeks. So I, I would like to see that, but I guess you're assuming that Najee's your volume running back at this point, And then Saquon and Zach Moss are going to be your two guys that you flip in and out. Um, so I would consider it, but like you said, I'd like to see who the wide receivers and tight end are on his team. Yeah. It kind of seems like he's, um, I guess buying low. So Diggs has had a, a somewhat quiet season. McLaurin has looked good. But he's also playing with Taylor Heineke, which people doubt. But he, he gets the targets. He's been getting a lot of work. And then Kelsey had a down week last week. They didn't need him at all. It was all um, Tyree Kill the entire game. And then for Kamara, Kamara just got his most rushing attempts in his career last week against the Giants. He was able to get 120 yards with it. But the problem there, and this is important because it is a full PPR league, he got zero targets. And that worries me a lot. So personally, you, when you think of, well, when I think of Kamara, you think of him as that dual threat back. He's the pass catching guy. But now there's really no one else in that backfield. It is just him. And I don't know why he's not getting targets. And then on top of that, the quarter quarterback situation and one Maybe we should have discussed during that question of the day between Jameis and um, Taysom help Hill. me, Pat Taysom Hill. Thank you. Between Jameis and Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill just randomly comes in in the red zone and gets touchdowns. And that really lowers Kamara's upside. And it it screws up all of the fantasy pieces for this team. So I'm completely fine getting rid of Kamara. Uh now, all three of these guys as a package is a different question. I, I think I think I would take it. Um, I think he's good with Najee and Saquon as his one-two for his running backs. Now, there's always a chance of re-injury for Saquon, and then I think it's smart to buy low on Diggs, buy low on Kelsey if you can, if he's willing to give up Kelsey, and. 
McLaurin's fan. Uh, fine. Again, I like you said, I want to know his other pieces here, but looking at it straight up, I think I would take it. All right, next question here, where we'll go to a half point PPR. Give Kittle, get Swift. Yes. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. Yes, do it. Yeah, we can skip that one. Yeah, easy enough. Kittle's uh, quarterback situation is rough. I talked about that. Uh, and even when Jimmy was in there, it's Jimmy loves Debo, apparently, and Kittle gets nothing. Uh, full point PPR, give Eck. I'm assuming that's Austin Eckler. Give Eckler and Mixon, get Aaron Jones and Swift. Yeah, if it is Austin Eckler, I mean, I'm kind of confused why you give up a guy who's pretty good in terms of PPR and a high volume running back for Aaron Jones, who hasn't really done anything outstanding this year. And DeAndre Swift, who's always hurt. Yeah, if I'm looking at that, so let's see. Aaron Jones in his past few games in full point PPR, he has gotten... 10.9, 17.6, and then that massive game against Detroit where he got 41 and a half. And they say he's trading. He's trading for him. Now, Eckler just had a pretty good game. Let me see what that was. Eckler, Eckler's more consistent, it looks like. He got 22.7, 22 and a half, and then 11.7. Did, did Eckler not play against Vegas? I did. I thought he did, too. Yeah, no, he played. He did great. He got 117 yards and a touchdown, three targets. I'm sorry, three receptions on five targets and another touchdown. He, yeah, I don't. Fantasy pros doesn't have this for some reason. We're like fantasy amateurs. Oh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, I, I, I don't mind DeAndre Swift. I, I think he's good. Uh, the injury is um, an issue that is very relevant. And there he's on a, a, a poopy team where they're always playing from behind. So in a full point PPR, you know, he can get those um, receptions. Now, Mixon is also hurt. And I think Samaje P. Ryan might be starting this week. So maybe that's where uh, the reason comes in for this trade. Uh, I wouldn't force it, but I wouldn't say no either. Oh, uh, speaking of trades. Pat, I made a trade today, and uh, you'll like it a lot. I traded Cordero Patterson. Oh, no. Who'd you, who do you think I got for him? Wait, are we talking about the Keeper League or the Dynasty League? Uh, this is my work league. Oh, your work league. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. You probably got someone absurd. Um, yep. Probably Christian McCaffrey because he's hurt. No, no, I did not target him. I got Najee Harris for Cordero Patterson. Oh, that's pretty good, too. So uh, the initial trade was Cordero Patterson and uh, Damian Harris for Najee and Cook, uh, Jared Cook. And he <laughs> accepted it at first, but then waivers ran. And so he dropped Jared Cook. And so it didn't work out. But anyways, I ended up doing a one for one trade Cordero Patterson for Najee Harris. And I'm very happy with that. I would be as well. I mean, I'm. I'm all about the Cordero Patterson fanboy train, but at some point it's going to stop. We know that Najee is going to be the number one offensive production point out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, the the only points. And if we're losing, like I was saying with Swift, he's going to get those dump down passes because we don't pass farther than, you know, three yards at a time. 
So another half point PPR. He got offered CD Lamb, who's been kind of down the past few weeks for Thielen. Would you take that? I think I would, because I think with CD Lamb, you're you're really looking at that rebound. Um, I do think Amari Cooper is good. But like I said, I think he might be outperforming um, what we expect from him in terms of his consistency. Um, and I think with CD Lamb, you're getting that deep threat that, you know, I'm healing kind of used to be like in terms of like the guy who like you're expecting the touchdowns to go to um and adam healing kind of started off hot i feel like a lot of people were down on him earlier this year but i'm going to his splits real quick i just don't necessarily think that that's going to last and especially because we saw minnesota you know have a whopping seven points against cleveland he only had he had eight targets which is still crazy so Maybe when Dalvin Cook comes back, this will end up being a good trade. But I think right now, Thielen's definitely the better fantasy option. I think in the long run, CeeDee Lamb's going to pan out more, if that makes sense. Yeah, Dallas' pass game looks good, and that's because their run game is seems to be fixed. Zeke is getting it going again, and then Pollard's there as the number two where he should be. Um, they just haven't really needed him, and Dak apparently has fallen in love with Dalton Schultz because all the targets are going to him. But I, I agree with you, Pat. I think in the long run, CeeDee Lamb pans out. He's a stud wide receiver. Um, and Cooper's known to kind of get hurt. So that at any moment, he can become the wide receiver one for a, a high passing offense, where Thielen is obviously the number two option in Minnesota behind Justin Jefferson, who has been going off. Now, Thielen has had, like you said, a hot start, 25.7, 12.9, And then this last week, it was a little rough. It was a little rough in that game as a whole um, against Cleveland with only 6.1 points. So I, I'm fine with that. But honestly, I think a lot of C.D. Lamb owners are worried. That's why they're offering him around. And I think you could get more out of this guy. So, you know, if there's anything else on this guy's roster that you want try to sneak them in there as well because i, I think the cd lamb owners are getting scared and let's move on to some start sit questions we'll start at the quarterback position uh scroll down here so would you go matthew stafford against the seahawks tomorrow uh thursday night football or dak prescott divisional game against the giants i think i'm gonna take dak simply based off of matchup i think that i was wrong saying that i <laughs> The Cowboys were good, um, but I, did, I, I thought I was going to eventually stop. I don't know if the train's stopping anytime soon, and I don't think the Giants are the team that's going to be like, hey, we figured out Dak Prescott. So I think I'm just going to take it based solely off a of matchup. I, I do think Matt Stafford's probably going to do good. Seattle's defense isn't as good as it has been in the past, but I think that will be a more competitive game. Yeah, this one I think I think is close. I know tomorrow's game is a very high over-under yeah, it's, it's at 54 and a half. So one of the higher over unders of the week, which means there should be a lot of scoring and it's pretty close. Uh, uh, Rams are two and a half point favorites. They got beat up by the Cardinals last week. So I, I think Stafford ends up coming out here and, and passing quite a bit. Now, the uh, New York. Dallas game is also a pretty high over under 52 points, but the Cowboys are favored by seven. And, you know, Dak might not have to do as much work, but at the same time, their defense is not very good, which is going to allow the Giants to score. And I, I think that one can go back and forth as well. I. 
it it's tough. I, I think Stafford has looked good. I think Dak has more of an upside. So for a safe pick, Stafford shooting for the moon, I would go Dak. So next team, we got Ryan Tannehill at Jacksonville and Sam Darnold at Philadelphia. I think for me, um, based off of the offense that we've seen, I, I'm probably going to take Sam Darnold based off the rushing touchdowns. And I wouldn't have said that probably up until this week. I would have told you Brian Tannehill because he has a better offense. But if they're playing Jacksonville, Derrick Henry is going to have 300 yards. I don't think he's going to have to throw the ball a whole lot. Um, so I think I'm going to take Sam Darnold based off of the fact that I think that he's probably going to have more work than Ryan Tannehill will. Yeah, Tannehill has not Tannehill has not really looked great. And I haven't looked yet, but Pat, you and Alex will talk about it on Saturday. If Julio Jones and A.J. Brown will be back to give Tannehill back some of it, some of his weapons. Uh, I, I would go Sam Darnold as well for the exact reasons you said. He gets to passing yards. He's had over 300 in all three of his past three games, most of that going to D.J. Moore. And he's been rushing in t- touchdowns. He doesn't get a ton of yards, but he, in those past two games, he's gotten two touchdowns apiece. So I, I think Darnold is a safe play and, and he'll be good to go. Next quarterback question, we're going to go to uh, Daniel Jones against Dallas or Joe Burrow against Green Bay. I'm not really sure how I feel about that one. That one, part of me wants to say Joe Burrow, but I saw what Green Bay's defense kind of did to Ben. And not necessarily that they were like a complete rock preventing him from doing anything, but they were at least giving him a tough time. And I don't necessarily think that Cincinnati's offensive group is that much better than Pittsburgh's. I think that they've been performing better, but I think in terms of talent, I think it's about the same. Um, So with that being said, I think I'm going to take Daniel Jones based on the fact that Cowboys past defense hasn't been as solid. And I think that they'll be throwing a lot because they'll be probably playing down. Yeah, I think Jones will have to throw quite a bit and Galladay's looked good. Uh, Saquon's coming back, so that helps open up the pass game. Joe Burrow might have a, a tougher time this week because I think it's not, it's sounding like Joe Mixon is going to be out. And if I don't know how much Samaj P. Ryan can really do. So th- they might have to pass a lot, but Green Bay can be expecting that and, and, you know, play their defense that way. So I think I would take Daniel Jones as well. Moving on to the running back position, we have a question here. A half point PPR. Need help with my running back two for this week. Do I take Zach Moss against Kansas City? Josh Jacobs against Chicago, Fournette against Miami, or Chuba Hubbard against uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Um, I'll, I'll start off here. I, I like Zach Moss. This game is going to be back and forth, and Zach Moss has the most touches in the red zone out of the whole league. So they're giving Zach Moss the ball when they get into the end zone. Now the work maybe between the 20s, he doesn't get as much, but who cares? If he is getting uh, the passing work along with the touchdowns, he's a fantastic play. I don't like Josh Jacobs. He didn't do jack shit <laughs> against the, the Chargers this past week. He looked awful. Um, Fournette could have a good game as well against Miami. Should be an easy game for them. Uh, Chuba, I haven't been super impressed with. It, it's really DJ Moore and no one else there in Carolina besides Darnold. So uh, Eileen Moss, I think they're going to score quite a bit this game in order to keep up with Kansas City. 
Yeah, I agree with you verbatim. Um, I think Zach Moss is your number one choice. Leonard Fournette's definitely your number two. And but you're what you're assuming with Leonard Fournette is that he's going to have volume, which has not been the case for him in Tampa, because he's definitely doing a timeshare um, with basically everybody else on the offense. Um, so when it's to me, I'm going to pick the guy who, granted, Zach Moss is in a, a committee running back system with him and Devin Singletary. But I think Zach Moss definitely has the end zone potential. And he's he's more of like the James Conner on Arizona, where we're expecting him to get points by touchdowns, not by rushing 100 yards or having 10 catches. So I think I'm going to take Zach Moss because, like you said, he's more likely to get points than Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and just to reiterate just how many points are expected to be scored, it's a 56 and a half point over under for that Sunday night football game. So that'll be a shootout. Pat, uh, you weren't here to talk about it. Who do you have? Who are you taking in that game? I think I'm probably going to take Buffalo because I think that Buffalo has been not necessarily the hotter team right now because obviously Philadelphia just got smacked by Kansas City. But I think that Buffalo um, has a better defense. I think that's where the difference is. I think on offense, the teams are comparable. Obviously, the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, but Dalton Knox has shown that he's competent and pretty good. Um, I think that, you know, Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill are in terms of reality. Like Tyreek Hill's a more dynamic player but i think that they're both about the same um in terms of what they can do um i think where the difference is that the bills have a better defense so i'm gonna take the bills based solely off of that yeah i i exactly agree i the bills when they start scoring they don't stop they put the pedal to the metal they don't care how far ahead they are it it's really fun to watch and you nailed it with kansas city's defense is just gone i luckily their offense can you know put on the pace and and, and score it back but man they have looked awful so yeah i i like the bills here as well and i'll probably end up uh taking a couple bets on them next question here full point ppr kareem hunt against the chargers or melvin gordon against pittsburgh uh no h on pittsburgh so apparently it's uh the pittsburgh here in texas come on guys and i find that highly offensive so please do your historical research and realize that it was like 1909 when we put the h back in pittsburgh so just wanted to do a little PSA for everybody. But in reality, I don't know if I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. I think that even though the Steelers kind of stink, it's their pass defense that really stinks. I think that their run defense is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I'm going to take Melvin Gordon in this situation. Um, yeah, I think based off of like the past several games, I'm going to take Kareem Hunt because even though they're playing a pretty good team in the Chargers, we've seen that Kareem Hunt's relevant regardless of who they're playing. So I think in terms of like, if you're going to definitely get points, definitely take Kareem Hunt. If you want that, I hope that Melvin Gordon just runs all over Pittsburgh, which could happen, but it's not likely. That's when I would take Melvin. So Kareem's my pick in this situation. Yeah, it is very close. I I agree. Pittsburgh's run defense is pretty solid. Uh, Just kind of looking at the points against here. The Steelers have allowed the one, two, three, four, fifth least points to the running back position. Um, so obviously we have great linebackers in, in a solid defensive line. We just get passed on like no other. Now, um, Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt are in kind of similar situations where they're, they're in a almost 50, 50 split committee. Um, probably a little more 60, 40 for Hunt and Chubb. Um, but Melvin Gordon and Javante have been splitting touches quite a bit. So that really limits um, his upside there where I, I lean towards hunt um, is because of this full point PPR. That's what Kareem hunt does. He catches passes. 
And um, who's Cleveland play? I don't even know. Cleveland plays Chargers. Yeah. Okay. Even even better. So Cleveland is playing the Chargers. So that's going to be a very competitive game. And in order to stay in it, they're going to have to pass the ball. And when Kareem gets in there, they dump the ball off to him for for him to to score. So, yeah, I definitely lean Kareem in this situation. Next one. And this kind of speaks to that worry level people are having with Kamara. Um, 10 team PPR. Am I crazy to want to start Damian Harris or what is it? Damian Harris or is it Devante? No, it's Damian. You're right. Okay. Uh, Damian Harris over Alvin Kamara. Harris has a good matchup and New Orleans has a great run defense. What? What does that have to do with? Anyways, Harris or Kamara, Pat? Yeah, I think if Alvin Kamara is going to run against his own team's defense, that would be (laughs) highly problematic. So I think I'm avoiding Damian Harris in this situation because I think what we're talking about is the fact that Damian Harris hasn't done anything like since week one when they played Miami. He went from 100 yards rushing to 62 to 14 to negative four. (laughs) So I think if anything's going to happen in that game with New England, I think that New England's going to be fairly conservative. Um, We saw that when they played Tampa Bay and it worked out for them. But I don't think that they're going to really rely on Damian Harris anymore. He doesn't need to be be like the the safety net for Mac Jones. We've kind of seen that Mac Jones can kind of handle himself. Um, So I think for me, I don't see Damian Harris really doing super great against the Texans because to me, it's difficult to assume that everyone's going to do really well against the Texans because we know the Texans stink. So there's going to be one thing that works well and they're just going to do it right in the beginning and they're going to take advantage of it and they're just going to like like carry out the game so to me i'm gonna play alvin Kamara because granted the washington has a good defense i think that's what he meant to write um but i think that Kamara yeah. is definitely the volume guy that's gonna get the work compared to damian yeah i the new england's o-line has not looked very good harris has not looked good uh bolden is kind of getting that james white workload and that's where the value is on that team uh, so I, I'm not starting Harris and you don't sit Kamara. I understand. But he had a fantastic game last week. He put up a hundred and over a hundred rush yards on the most rush attempts he's ever gotten. Now I, I did talk about Taysom coming in and taking those touchdowns away, but you're not benching Kamara because you're gonna feel real bad if you have him on your bench and he puts up 20 plus points and you're going to get made fun of in your league and you don't want that. So do not bench Alvin Kamara. It doesn't matter against who. So we're going to move to the wide receiver position here. Um, I don't answer standard point questions, uh, but PPR Allen Robinson versus Las Vegas or Antonio Brown versus Miami. I think for me, I Allen Robinson has to work out eventually. Um, I, I think the, concern that I have with Antonio Brown is just how stacked that wide receiver core is in Tampa. And I I don't see the volume going that way, but with David Montgomery out, I think that hopefully Justin Fields passes more. So I would assume that he's not going to just target Darnell Mooney because I think he'd be dumb just to throw the ball just to one guy, especially if it's real, like really his second start and he doesn't have a running back to kind of help him. Um, So I'm going to assume that Allen Robinson is going to kind of raise from the dead. And I think that it's going to be a better option than AB. Yeah, so if we look at the targets Robinson is getting uh, really since the start of the season, 
other than week one. He started with 11 targets. Awesome. But then it went four, six, three, three and six coming from Justin Fields. So really the question comes and it is, who's his quarterback? I I really don't know the answer to that question, but, uh, you know, maybe you and Alex will talk about that on the injury report. But if it is Justin Fields, I'm not starting Allen Robinson if you have a better option. And I, I think this guy does at the moment with uh, Antonio Brown. I he looked good against New England. Um, he wasn't injured. If you recall, he was on the covid list because it's Antonio Brown. Of course he was. Uh, he, he came back. He was healthy. Um, and in, in uh, any type of PPR, I think AB would be the play here. Okay, uh, another half point PPR question for a wide receiver two position. Antonio Brown against the Dolphins, Tyler Boyd against the Packers, Sterling Shepard at the Cowboys, or Robert Woods, which is tomorrow Thursday against Seattle. I think for me, I'm I'm wondering if Sterling Shepard's actually going to play, um, and we can talk about that on the injury show for sure. Because I think that matters. Um, he didn't practice today, which is Wednesday. Um, So I would watch out for that because I think of the guys I'm looking at him just based off what he's done so far this year. Um, You know, I think by the time people are listening to this, Robert Woods will have a good game. Um, I don't know if he'll, you know, have a blowout game. We saw that Cooper didn't really do much last week. So it's kind of going to be, you know, flip flopping, in my opinion, towards the end of the year, whether or not Robert Woods is number one, Cooper Cup's number one. Um, Is Daryl Henderson just going to run the ball everywhere? So we'll see what that offense really turns out to be but i think the guy that i'm looking for as long as he's not hurt is sterling i don't know sterling status either um woods mcveigh said he wanted to get him involved in hey mcveigh you can do that you're the coach um (laughs) but uh, boyd is one that does interest me especially if higgins is still out i believe he is back but boyd has looked great um during his time as maybe the the 1a or 1b behind or ahead of chase with Higgins out. So if Higgins is out, I like Boyd actually for, for a half point PPR. Um, if he is in, then I think I lean towards Antonio Brown here again. Um, just because I, I think in any form of PPR, he's, he has a safe floor. Whereas Robert Woods, again, we're, we're hoping he has a good game tomorrow, but, uh, it it hasn't been shown quite yet. We're going to finish it out here with one more question. And it is going to be, who's the lucky person? It's going to be, all right, need three. Okay, so we'll end it with a big one here. So need three for a 12-man full point PPR. DeAndre Hopkins against San Francisco. DK Metcalf against the Rams. That is the Thursday night game. Corey Davis at Atlanta. Hollywood Brown against the Colts on Monday Night Football. Or A.J. Green against San Francisco. I I'll, I'll go I'll go on this one first, Pat, because I, I think it, the first two at least are pretty easy for me. Um, you're not benching Hopkins and you're not benching DK. Uh, I, I, I. It bothers me when um, there's a there's a question about starting your studs. That's something I learned the hard way uh, many year ago when playing fantasy football. I made the mistake of benching Brandon Marshall. And at, at the time, you know, he was a stud wide receiver and I benched him because I was worried about him. And in that game, he put up like 30 some points and I lost and he was sitting on my bench. So never again am I uh, my benching uh, a stud player. So when they say start your studs, do it. 
So Hopkins is in, Metcalf is in. Both of those guys will be considered studs. Um, as for the third guy here, now full point PPR, I do like Corey Davis. I think he has a good matchup against the Falcons. It should be a somewhat closer one um, and one that they have to crawl back from. And Corey Davis is, is the guy who gets the ball. Um, now, Hollywood is very hit and miss uh, in, more, in more than one way. He drops the ball, and he, he's not really a PPR guy. He's more of that deep ball threat guy. And A.J. Green, <laughs> it, it, it's just funny. He's had two good games in a row. I, I like him, but I, I can't see myself uh, starting him over any of the other guys here. So Hopkins, Metcalf, Davis for me. I agree with the first two and what you said. You can't bench Hopkins or Metcalf. That's just, you know, illogical. Um, I think where I'm going to differ is I'm going to take Hollywood Brown. And I know what you said that, granted, he's PPR. So, like, his stats are not really going to be as consistent as maybe Corey Davis. But in the four games that Hollywood's played, you know, his reception totals the past two weeks have gone down. He had six and six for Vegas and Kansas City. Detroit, he only had three, but they cheated, so that way they, they probably shouldn't have won that game anyways. Um, he didn't do very well either. He only had seven targets and 53 yards. But last week against Denver, he had four for five in terms of receptions to targets, 91 yards and a touchdown. So he scored in three of his four games and against the better defenses that he's played. So to me, I'm going to take Hollywood because I'm assuming that in this game where they play the Colts, um, they're going to throw a good bit because I do think the Colts are a good team, not a great team. Um, but I'd like to see Hollywood get another touchdown. And I think that what I've seen with Corey Davis is that now that Jamison Crowder's back, I'm not necessarily banking on the volume anymore. So I think I'm going to take Hollywood based off the upside versus Corey Davis, who should get more volume, but I don't necessarily think it's going to pan out. Yeah, that's, that's completely fair. Um, like he gets the targets in their high-value targets that Hollywood gets. So... Uh, I, I think safer play uh, may be Corey Davis, but Hollywood would definitely have more ceiling. So take a look at your opponent, see what you need. And that will do it for this episode. Um, we want to remind you to follow us on our action networks. All of the links will be in the description there. You can track our bets. You can also track our bets on our website at sleepingwiththenumbers.com. We have uh, our DFS lineups up there, as long as our bets, the machine learning model bets. They're all up there on our website. You can follow us at Twitter at SWTN underscore podcast and everywhere else, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all at Sleeping With The Numbers. Also want to remind you that we are now affiliated with Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a one-stop shop where you can play all type of prop bet games. Um, doesn't just have to be football. They have every kind of sport imaginable. Um, NFL, college football, golf. They have MMA uh, baseball, esports—they they have it all, and it's all prop bet. So if you want to get into prop betting, Monkey Knife Fight is an easy way to do so. And if you sign up with our link, you get your first deposit matched instantly up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit a hundred bucks, you get a hundred bucks, and you have two hundred dollars immediately to play with. Yeah, and I want to remind you of our second affiliate, which is BarkBox. Now, this is something that I currently have on order for my dog. It's a subscription box that comes monthly, and they provide dog toys, dog treats, um, the whole nine yards. And what I actually did this month is I saw what her box was going to be up front, and I noticed that they have these additional things for November for Thanksgiving, and they have a turkey shaped like a football. 
<laughs> and I had to have it because I think it's going to be perfect for puppy picks, which you need to check out on our social because my dog scouts nine and one. She made a mistake. She picked the Patriots thinking that that field goal was going to go in. And I feel bad for her, but she's going to rebound herself and she'll be 12 and one by the end of the week. Um, but Barbrox is great because it's for dogs of all shapes and sizes. You can do the soft toys. Uh, if you have a dog like mine, who's a pit bull mix, you can get super chewer. So she can't destroy it as quickly. And um, everything that they send is from the United States, so it's really good, high-quality stuff. It's better than what you get at Target, although they do start selling Bark products at Target now. So if you do buy anything like that at the store, buy the Bark products because they're definitely higher quality, and it's going to be 